truth, we know that the worlds were framed by the word of God. And yes, without faith, it's impossible to please God. The prophetic teaching of God's word imparts and activates faith in the life of the believer. Welcome to Faith Activation with our highly esteemed man of God, Prophet Israel E. Amwa. This audio teaching broadcast is an initiative of Israel Amwa Ministries to build and bring you to the place of excelling faith and to empower you to live supernaturally through Christ in this world. Prophet Israel, worth hearing. I stepped into the ministry to serve the Lord Jesus. I stepped into the ministry because Jesus is coming soon. And necessity is laid on me to make people ready to meet him many in the church are not ready to meet Jesus not to talk of the world who are so far away It's not because I think it is a pretty good job. I have vowed my life to this. That whether I live or die. It is unto the Lord. And I have convinced myself. That I am not afraid of death. I have convinced myself not to be afraid to die for Jesus. Because whether I live or die, I win. Did you hear what I said? Whether I live or die, I win. If I live, I will preach Jesus. I will talk about Christ. For me to live is Christ. If I die, it is gain. So whether I live or die, I win. That puts me in a position of conviction. Not to be afraid of death. Not to be afraid of persecutions. And if I bring myself to a place where I don't worry about persecutions, then I count accusations and criticisms of human beings as dung. That means nothing to me. As far as I live, I am going to talk about Jesus. As far as I live, I'm going to talk about Jesus. 
And you've got to make up your mind. You've got to make up your mind that as far as you live, you're going to talk about Jesus. You've got to make up your mind that you're not afraid to die for Jesus. Because if not, I'm afraid for you that your salvation is a camouflage. Well, that's why I am in the ministry. That is why I preach. Even though there are lots of things involved with the ministry, the cardinal reason for being in the ministry, that which controls my whole life, controls my whole being, controls the message I preach, the doctrine I preach, my in and out, my going out and coming in, that which controls the things I do in the ministry. Is the expectation of His coming. It's nearer than we think. And if at all cost I might save some and get a church ready, doesn't matter where they belong, in Presby, in Methodist, in Anglican, in Roman Catholic, doesn't matter where they belong, that at all cost to get somebody ready. And that's the reason why I said to myself that I'm not going to go a kind of line. I'm not going to tone a kind of path that will make me not to be able to affect lives of, ministry, of, 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 of people in other churches and other cycles or other ranks. I, I've, I've said to myself that I'm not going to tone that kind of ministry. I want God to be able to use me to touch the lives of people everywhere that I meet them. Believing or unbelieving in the faith or out of the faith. And God is doing just exactly that. As we go around places and preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus, we see an army rising up. As we go around places and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, we see an army of soldiers rising up. Ready to fight the battle. The fight of faith and win it. As we go about and sound the trumpet of the word, the trumpet of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we see an army rising up ready to meet Jesus. And the Lord has called us to holiness and sanctification. He has called us to a life of consecration. He has called us to be set apart from the world. And the Lord has called us to live a life that is higher, greater, than the life that is in this world. 
And the Lord has called us to reveal his glory to the sons of men. And the Lord has called us, ordained us, and anointed us. With the spirit and power to reveal his son. The Lord is using us to fulfill prophecies that he has shared and given in his word through the mouth of holy prophets. And one of them is that in the latter days the glory of God will cover the earth. Like as the water, co- the water covers the sea. And the Lord is calling men and women. And anointing them with power and glory. And of his spirit sending them out into the world. To fulfill prophecies. Before the coming of Jesus. And the world cannot stand before our message. They cannot stand before the spirits that we carry. They cannot defeat the spirit that we carry. We carry on our inside the spirit of dominion. The Lord has called us to be prophets. He has called us to carry his message of redemption to the ends of the world. He's anointing men and women. He has called us. And I'm glad to tell you. That you are one of the ones that God is calling to stand in the gap. To stand as a prophet. To go forth and speak his message of redemption. To speak the word of Christ. You are part. You could have raised your hands to say amen. It is a generation of prophets, a generation of apostles, a generation of teachers, a generation of evangelists, a generation of apostles, pastors, a generation of men and women that are not afraid to die, that are not afraid to stand for the cause for which Christ died and for which Christ was raised up and for which he ascended and for which he sits at the right hand of God and for which he intercedes for man and for which he shed his blood. It is a generation where God is pouring out his spirit and power upon men and women and children. It is a generation where his children will no longer be afraid. It is a generation where his spirit will dwell upon sons and daughters. And they will begin to rise and begin to prophesy. It is a generation where God is touching the lips of men and women. It is a generation where God is touching the lips of young children. It is a generation where God is touching the hearts of his people. He is putting his word in their mouth. He is ordained in sons and daughters he is sending them out to uproot to build and to plant he is calling men and women and touching their lips with fire and fire and fire he is purging their tongues and purging their mouths and purging their hearts he is making them ready for his glory for his power for the service of the calling it is a generation of the word of God. It is a generation of the move of the of, of God's spirit. And God is going to move in his sons and daughters. God is going to move among his people. God is going to speak among his people. We know that in him we live and move and have our being. But God is about to move mightily and live mightily and have his being mightily. In the church of today, the Lord is about to cause a reformation that will change the world the Lord is about to cause a restoration that will change the world before the coming of Jesus Christ he will raise up soldiers he will raise up militants he will raise up generals he will raise up captains he will raise up people who are not afraid he will raise up men and women of prophecy who are born to happen who are born to speak his word who are born to change the world they will change the course of destinies the course of leadership they were not afraid to speak boldly.
boldly the word of God in the presence of governments of nations that are corrupted. They will not be afraid to speak God's words to fathers. In the last days, God says, I will send Elijah. I will send my messenger and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and of the children to the fathers. Lest I come in and smite the earth with a, with a, with, with a curse. It is a generation where God is turning the hearts of men and the hearts of children to their fathers. Then the hearts of fathers to their children. It is a generation where God is bringing order to his church. He is bringing soundness in the body of Christ. The body of Christ will no longer be torn apart. The body of Christ will no longer be divided. The body of Christ will no more function in doubt and function in hypocrisy and function in selfishness. And without patience, the body of Christ is coming to a place where it is no longer divided, where it functions together in the will of God. The body of Christ is coming to a place where the restoration of God's truth is about to stand and about to be firm and about to be established in the hearts of men and women and children and they will not be afraid. Yesterday I started talking to you about foundations. I told you if the foundation be destroyed, what will the righteous do? And that if the very foundations above of the Christian faith is removed, if the very foundations of, of all that we believe and trust in, all that we hope in is destroyed, what will the righteous do? And I spoke to you about what Jesus said. He said, if any man hears my words and does them, I will liken him to be a wise man who built his house and founded it upon a rock. came the floods came and the winds blew vehemently upon that house and the house did not fall because it was founded upon the rock but if any man hears my words and doesn't do them I will liken him to be a foolish man who built his house upon the sand without foundations and the rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew vehemently upon the house and great was the fall thereof and the Bible tells us according to Paul by the inspiration of God he says, and they drank of that same spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock is Christ. We know Christ to be the rock of ages. We know Christ to be the rock of ages. That's why we sing that song on Christ, the solid rock I stand. And all other ground are sinking sand. That's the reason why we sing that song. Because Christ is the rock. He is the rock upon which we are built on. He is the rock upon which our lives are founded on. And I told you that the enemy wants to remove this foundation. He wants, now listen to me, the enemy cannot destroy the rock. His get it. The rock is not the foundation. The foundation is on the rock. The Bible says, and founded it upon the rock. The rock was not the foundation. The rock was already there. He founded it upon the rock. The enemy cannot destroy the rock. But he can destroy the foundation. 
the very core of your existence the very core of what you believe he can destroy the foundations but ladies and gentlemen the enemy can only destroy the foundation that is not on the rock that is the foundation he can destroy when the foundation is on Christ he cannot destroy it when the foundation is on Christ he cannot destroy it but when the foundation is uh, is on other things like prophecy or prophetic directions or something else the enemy can easily destroy it lots of people have their foundations on lots of things that are not fair but that's the reason why we are doing we are having this service carving out truths because you see when we talk about cardinal we mean something that is a principal thing the word cardinal means something that is principal it means something that is foremost cardinal means something that first you see it is called to the very existence of whatever it is for example you have a whole car but the car is operated from the engine you take out the engine and all the other parts of the car cannot operate by themselves. You take a fan. Everything is being operated from the motor. You take away the motor and the whole fan becomes disorganized. The whole fan becomes useless. Because everything is being operated from that core. You see... They say the human brain is the last place to die. But they don't call their the brain heart. There's another tissue that gives life to the brain. The heart. They call it heart. Heart means core. When we talk about heart, we mean the core of something. You see, the core of something. That's why it is called heart. Because the whole human body is being the function of the whole human body is being supported from the heart should the heart stop to pump blood to the brain you see the brain will literally begin to die and the whole body will paralyze and you will die that's why it's called the heart You see, so you can the lots of things. For example, the Bible talks about the great ship in um, in in the book of uh, James. He talks about the great ship that is just is that that whole big ship. He said it is controlled. That whole big ship is controlled with just. A little, just a little substance, something very small, controls the whole ship. Truth is a great body. You see, truth is a very great body. If something was stolen and you tell me the truth that is truth that is Jesus at work in you to tell me the truth about what was stolen but that truth is not core you see 
there's a core truth of which when that core is not there, you will lie. There's a core truth of which that core truth is not there, you will deceive. You see, let all men be liars, only God be true. Because you see, men don't have the core truth. So truth is a great body. Listen to what I'm saying very carefully. And when you get to understand this, deception will not come your way anymore. I'm telling you, if you come to understand the very truth I'm presenting to you, you will no longer be deceived. You will be able to tell the difference between deception and truth. You will be able to tell the difference between what a lie is and what the truth is. You will be able to tell the difference. You will. You see, because for you to know whether truth is truth, whether what you're hearing is truth or a lie, you need to know the core of truth. You need to know the cardinal, the cardinal, the cardinal, the central component of truth. When that is established properly, you will know what truth is and what a lie is. You can tell the difference between the two. You see, when, when somebody is a false apostle, you will know. When somebody is a false teacher, you will know. You, will not, you, will, you wouldn't have any difficulty, any problem distinguishing between a false church and a true church. A false doctrine and a true doctrine. You wouldn't be able, you wouldn't have any problem distinguishing between the two when the core is there. Satan's agenda. Satan's You see, this core I'm talking about is the foundation. Satan's agenda, Satan's work is to make sure with all his demonic forces, is to make sure the very core of what we believe in is removed. Satan's agenda is that the very core of the truth of salvation is not laid in the heart of the unbeliever. That is his agenda. He doesn't want the very core of the truth of salvation, the truth of God to be laid in the unbeliever. That is why there are lots of things being preached out in the world today. Converts, thousands of them coming to Jesus and yet they have not obtained the true salvation which is from above. Why? Because the devil has removed all the foundation of the truth before they came in. That is his agenda. That is the reason for false prophets in the system to destroy the very core, to remove the very foundation, to twat and to twist the truth. That's the reason for the many false churches we have. It's the reason for the many false teachers we have. It's the reason for the, it's the reason why Satan is stirring a rebellious spirit in the hearts of men and women to rise up against Christianity. Because he knows that in the very core is destroyed. The righteous will not be able to do anything. His attack is on the core. The church started very beautifully. Very, very beautiful. In the book of Acts chapter number 2. Oh, and whilst they prayed and tarried and went upon the Lord, the Spirit of God fell from heaven. Please stop playing. Fell from heaven upon them. And the Bible tells us that they began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And the Bible tells us that 
that very day, Peter stood up and by the boldness given to him by the Spirit of God, he preached the message of salvation, the doctrine of Christ. He prophesied and 3,000 men were saved at a spot. And then the church kept on increasing and growing and growing. Then persecutions came, you see. Then persecutions came to remove the law. But the early church knew and they understood. Jesus had already alerted them. He had already told them that, hey, the servant is not greater than the master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. And so be ready for it. Jesus had told them they were ready for it. They knew this was attack against the call. It was an attack. An attack to make them live, run away from the very core of their faith. To throw it away. And when the persecution caused them to, to scatter. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible said they took the gospel and they brought it to the Gentiles. And they preached the gospel to Samaria. Then Paul, anointed by the Spirit of God, took the gospel and brought it to the Gentiles. And very soon the Gentile world was saved. The Gentile world had Christians. People filled with the Holy Ghost around the first century. Then it went on and on when the devil knew about this and raised up Judaizers and raised up Gnostics and raised up other religions and other kinds of doctrines just to combat and to twist the truth the core of the truth of God and very soon the church in the gentle world began sinking they began to have problems about grace and the law they began to have problems whether they had to be circumcised or not before they get saved and that brought about the first Jerusalem council for this matter to be discussed in great detail and they overcame that. That hey, it is neither circumcision or uncircumcision that saves a man. But the keeping of the commandments of God. That is what saves a man. And so they concluded. But after that, Satan knowing this, kept on raising men and women. He raised religions upon religions. Raised Islam. Raised other religions. Just to combat this faith. Just to remove the core of the truth that we have. From us. So we will no longer believe in what we believe so we will no longer believe what we believe so we will end up in hell end up burning with, with him in hell end up without foundations end up hopeless before God because he's afraid he's afraid of the kind of power we have I'm telling you, he's afraid of the kind of authority we have as the body of Christ. He's afraid. And so when he found out that he couldn't do it alone, he had to start causing divisions. And then very soon, he began to raise contentions and raise greed and raise demons of arrogance in the church. And then very soon there was malice and there was contentions, there was arrogance, impatience, fornication, all to cause division. So the body of Christ cannot stand because he's afraid of the authority and power we possess. And what we can do, we can turn the whole world upside down. We can turn the whole world upside down. We can give hope. We can raise men out of the pit. We can give hope to the hopeless life, to the lifeless. We can redeem men and women from bondage. We can lose them from their prison chains. We can lose them from the power and the authority of darkness. The devil knows this. And he wants to keep all men in bondage. So the Roman... The Roman Empire began to have emperors after Caesar. They began to have emperors who became very wicked. And their wickedness was channeled towards the church. And the church began to suffer greatly. 
Because Rome was the empire of the day. Rome ruled the world. Churches were bent down. Christians were bent. Some of them were cut. Put in sports stadium to wrestle with lions and tigers. Some were torn apart by these beasts. But the Spirit of God came upon some of the Christians and they killed live lions. Yes. Some of them killed live lions. Very wicked. Christians became afraid. They now began to hide in their meetings. And an emperor arose by name Constantine. And he claimed that he saw a vision, a vision of a cross, a symbol of a cross in the sun. And he heard words telling him to use this symbol and he'll win. And he knew that it was the symbol of the church. And so he went to the bishop of the church and told him. And the bishop told him that if you use this symbol upon your shields and go into battle, you will win. And so it became their symbol for war. And so Constantine became a Christian. Constantine died. Other emperors rose up. Persecutions came again against the church. Another emperor rose up called Theodosius. And he became born again. He gave his life to Jesus. Then Theodosius, he gave a law throughout all Rome that Christianity is the religion of the day. And so the law said everybody have to throw away idols and get into the church and worship God. And that is when the problem began. You had men and women coming into the church who were not truly born again. But because they were afraid to die, by the word of the emperor, anyone who wasn't Christian should die. They were afraid. And so they carried their gods and brought them into the church. It went on and on and on and on and on. And the period, the darkest period of the church, which is called the Middle Ages. It was a time where truth was no longer in the church. Truth was falling. People didn't really have to become born again. Nobody got filled with the Holy Ghost. Nobody was expecting the second coming of Christ. That's how dark the church became. It doesn't mean the word of God was not preached. The word of God was preached. But the word of God was preached without its foundations. The word of God was preached without the cardinal truths. The first one is regeneration. Or being born again. And Satan twisted it. In the dark ages. The second one is. Baptism of the Holy Ghost. And Satan twisted it. In the dark ages. The third one. Is baptism into the sufferings of Christ. Satan twisted that one too. In the dark ages. And the last one was the second coming of Christ. The devil twisted that one too. So the whole truth of God became senseless. There was no life in it. Because the very life of it was thrown away. The very foundation, the very core of it had been removed. Satan had succeeded. Oh, but not to the end. It lasted about 200 years of darkness over 200 years of darkness. 
then the period of reformation came. When God began to anoint men like John Wycliffe, John Hawks, Martin Luther of Germany, opened their eyes and their hearts, filled them with the Holy Ghost, and caused them to see the cardinal truths. Cause them to see the truth of regeneration. That being born again was not by paying bribes. It was not by paying or performing some sacrifice to the Roman priests. Open their eyes. That people becoming born again was not by the priests. The priests were not the order of the day. God opened their eyes to now begin to see that the scriptures were ordained by God. And that everybody had the right to read the scriptures. Everybody had the right to know what was written in the word of God. Because the Roman priests, because of the struggle of power, because they wanted authority, they took hold of the Bible and wouldn't let anybody read it. They were the only ones who had the copy. Nobody had it. And they read it and twisted the message to the people. Then John Hanks and John Wycliffe, they rose up. Men of authority, men of God's power, men of insight, who began to make copies of the Bible. And they began to spread it out for people to read and for people to see what is in the Bible? What is in the scriptures? And a revelation began to strike the church. And because the Catholics knew that this will cause them to lose their power and the authority were against them. They persecuted them and killed them. They burned some of them to sticks. And they burnt their followers and killed their followers. But praise God, those who found the truth, and they did not hold their peace. They did not shut up their mouth. They went out and preached it. They went out and they began to raise disciples. They began to preach it. Very soon, the Catholic began to lose their authority over the nations. They began to lose their power because men and women began to see the truth. They began to see the power of God. Oh, then the Pentecostal movements came. It was there. In the early church, it was there. Then the persecution silenced it. The dark ages covered it and put a gross darkness upon it. Then when men like John Hacks and Martin Luther rose, it came. But the fire wasn't really, was not really ignited. Then when the Pentecostal reformations came, people began to be filled with the Holy Ghost. People began to speak with tongues and prophesy. The move of God's spirit was stirred up like never before. I cherish the Pentecostal movement. The movement that believes in the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And with power. The movement that believes in the leading of the spirit of God. That believe in God's power unto holiness. Unto healing. Unto righteousness. Shagada zobra atis. That is the very thing Satan is trying to do again. To remove the cardinal truths. But in a different way. In a false prophetic wave that is blowing. In a false teaching wave that is blowing. In radical religions that are rising. In governments of nations. 
establishing laws. In atheists rising up defecting and denying the existence of God. Satan wants your foundation destroyed. But say, I will not let him. Say it again. Say one more time. Satan wants your foundation destroyed. He doesn't want you to know the truth about the new birth. About the Holy Ghost. About suffering with, for Christ. Suffering with Christ. About the second coming of Jesus. This is his prime factor to twist these truths. But your eyes are blessed to see these things. And your ears are blessed to hear these things. Because many prophets and righteous men sought to see these things. And to hear these words and never heard them. Let me show you something. Second Corinthians chapter number 13. And verse 5. He said, examine yourself whether ye be in the faith. I want you all to read it. You have the Bibles? You're open to 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Are you there? I want you all to read. One, two, read. He said, examine yourself whether you are in the faith. He wants you to examine yourself. You see, lots of people are walking about thinking they are born again, but they are not. It's a camouflage. I'm telling you the truth. He says, examine yourself. Why is this important? Because you must know if Jesus is in you. Because you must know if you're really born again. You must know that you know that you know that you are saved. You see, how do you examine yourself through these things we are sharing? On the regeneration, on the Holy Ghost, and on baptism into the sufferings of Christ and of the second coming of Christ. That's how to test your faith, yourself. To know whether you are in the faith. Because you see, if there is any cult, any Christian cult around, if there is any Christian cult around, they are only existing as a cult because they have faulted in the cardinal truth. It is either their knowledge about Regeneration is twisted or of the Holy Ghost or of the second coming of Christ or of the baptism into the sufferings of Christ. You see, you have some who don't believe in the Holy Ghost, who doesn't believe in the power of God. You see, that's, make, that's what makes them cards. You have some who, um, who doesn't believe Jesus is the Son of God. How can you be born again? That's, that's the fundamental core. Of, of, of the new birth. How can you become born again? You, that's regeneration for you. Twisted. They don't believe Christ is the son of God. They don't believe Jesus is God. You have some that does, don't believe this. They think it's an angel. You see. Regeneration twisted over there. You have some who say rapture is past. Christ has come and gone. You see. The second coming of Christ. Twisted over there. That's what makes them a cult. You see. You have some who believe that. Salvation, uh, 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 we, can, we, can, we can pray through other people like Mary. You see, that's regeneration twisted over there. 
I am the way. Twisted over there. Jesus is the way. Twisted over there. They believe that there are some other ways you can go through Mary or some other things, you see. That's the problem. Regeneration twisted over there. That's what makes them a cult because they have problems. They have strong issues with cardinal truths. They are not well established. Their foundations are destroyed. Not well established. Now your life can be like that. Your life can enter into that hell. Your life can get it. Now you see, the, the problem and the issue we have is that they're roaming about twisting the faith of others. Now the Bible talks about one guy like that. Paul talks about one guy like that. Who was in a more time business of overthrowing people's faith in the church. Overthrowing people's faith in the church. Now there are many who are overthrowing people's faith in the church. How are they doing it? By the words that they are teaching. The doctrines they are presenting to the body of Christ. You hear it, you believe it, your faith is overthrown. You hear it, you believe it, your faith falls. You hear it, you believe it, you die again. You hear it, you believe it, you walk away from your salvation. There are doctrines you shouldn't listen. There are people you should invite to your home. There are people you should stand at your door and reject them. If anybody presents another gospel of Christ that has no foundation in the new birth, in the Holy Ghost, in suffering with Christ, and in the second coming of Christ, let him be accursed. Let him be accursed. Because there is no other gospel. There is no other truth. There is no other doctrine. The Bible says, if any man... If any man has not the doctrine of Christ, that same man has not the Father or the Son. In other words, Jesus is not in their lives. God is not in their lives. Are you hearing me? Are you listening? Brother Hagin will say, are you here? You're going home. Hallelujah. Examine yourselves whether ye are in the faith, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Or know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. You see, except you be reprobates. Jesus Christ is in you, except you are reprobates. Except your mind is seared with a hot iron. Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. Examine yourself. Prove your own faith. Glory, hallelujah. We trust that you've been blessed and transformed by this audio webcast. Kindly share your testimonies with Israel Amla Ministries by emailing to iaministriesoffice at gmail.com or visit iaministriesinc.webnote.com Stay richly blessed and keep your faith grounded in the love of God. Till we come your way again tomorrow, we shout grace, grace upon you.